Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Just thank you, pray you, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Gal enai ba'avitani flaot me toratecha. Lord, open our eyes, help us to grow in your word today. B'shem Yeshua, thank you for that beautiful set of worship, O oh God. And our beloved that we ended on, Lord, I'm going to take off there a little bit today. Our beloved, Lord, we, you are our beloved, um, and we thank you. Anila dodi vedodi li, I am my beloved, my beloved is mine. We thank you, Lord, for our our uh, closeness with you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to <clears throat> uh, selfishly take a moment, this just a little bit this Shabbat, to remember our beloved son who went to Shemaim. Let's say Shemaim. Shemaim is the word for heavens, Hashemaim, the heavens, and it's the biblical term for, you know, heaven is never in the Bible. It's never in the singular. I don't know if you know that. In Hebrew, it's never, it's always plural, just like God is Elohim, plural. Just like, uh, what other some plurals? Amayim, water, is plural. Um, different reason for, for that that we could surmise. But Shemaim, he went to Shemaim three years ago this past Wednesday. And I pray it will help also others who will also be able to relate in some way and find uh, help and hope if you've experienced a similar uh, agonizing beyond what you can imagine or bear uh, pain or wound in your life. And Bo, let's say Bo, Bo is the name of the parasha this week. And the Lord said to Samuel, our son, Bo, rise my love, my beautiful one, and come away with me. Song of Songs 2, verse 10 and 13. With me, E.T., with me from Lebanon, my bride, with me, E.T., from Lebanon, come, Tavui. He said, look from the top of Amanah, from the top of Sinir and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. In verse 8 of chapter 4, Shir Hashirim, Song of Songs, says, and I believe that's what happened with our son that now he sees from a whole vantage point could never see before, and your loved ones that have gone to be with him as well. Come up here, Revelation 11, verse 12 was said in a loud voice from heaven, from Shemaim, to the two witnesses, and they went up in a cloud while their enemies had to watch them. The phrase, go to the fathers, is used, bo, is used for when we die, because we arrive in heaven with others. We enter their homeland. Now, Isaiah 57, verse 1, is a verse the Lord gave me for our son after he went, the righteous perishes and no one takes it to heart. 
dedicated men, it's chassid, chassid, dedicated men are taken away while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. He enters shalom. Yavo shalom, it says. Yavo shalom. And I'm going to, talk, I'm going to talk a little about this word bow in Scripture. Amazing word. But, Francis, did you want to share briefly that testimony? We go through every day, but it's never going to be all right when your closest, your son, have departed before you to heaven. And I miss my son tremendously. And January has been a very hard month because it's not only it's his birthday, it would have been his 33 birthday, my mom's birthday, and the 25th, the day that he departed three years ago. And we don't want anyone to forget him. We want him to be present, to remember him. What an incredible young man he was. Well, on last Saturday, I was really, really sad, crying a lot because I miss having him with me. And I'm just praying. I said, I remember Ken and I have gone several months before to this couple's um, Stephen Sarberger. She, she has written a book that is called uh, Hope in the 11th Hour. And we went and listened to them, and I reacted badly. I was not ready to receive everything that she was saying about her son departing and all that. I was very upset. So I didn't get the book that Saturday specifically. I am crying. And I'm just saying to the Lord, why I didn't get the book? Because I know she's going to, you know, she understands she's going to bring me hope and just rejoice and all that. Believe it or not, I come here to service, and after service, I have been ministering to these girls. Her name is Mary Ann, and she comes to me, and she says, Francis, I need to give you something. And I say, what? And she gave me the book, Hope in the 11th Hour. So my verse is 2 Samuel 22, 7. It says, in my distress, I call upon the Lord. I cry to my God. And he heard my voice from his temple. My cry came into his ears. And he answered. Again, Second Samuel 22, 7. He's always present. He never leaves us. Even when we don't recognize it, even when we don't see it, he ministers to us. And that day, he especially ministered to me just to show me. I have not forgotten to you. I know how hard it is. But you will make it because you have my word, you have me, and he's our Savior. Bo, two letters in Hebrew, and numerically, Bo and Aleph and Bo, going backwards or in reverse, are one and two, so they equal three, the number numerically three. But you could think of it as the, as, uh, the Beit for Ben and the Av for Av or Father or Abba, Father, Father and Son, because he calls us to come, to come with him. We go with him. It's the fourth most used Hebrew verb in the Bible. It's used over 2,500 times. The word means to come. You know, I remember my uncle in Israel when I first went to Israel. Every time he'd go, he'd go, boy, 
Bobby, you know, come, come with me, you know, come. And it's translated, your translations oftentimes is as go, but it's really come. And it's used here because the parasha in, Revel- in uh, Exodus 10.1, Adonai said to Moses, go to Pharaoh because I've hardened his heart. Go to Pharaoh. But it's really come, come because God's going, you're going, but you're coming with me. It means to arrive, to enter. So, Bo, it's, it's sort of similar to shalom, if you think about it, in that it's translated as both coming and going, entering and departing, like we say shalom for what? Hello and goodbye, right? We say shalom when we're meeting someone, and we say shalom when we're leaving, right? And it's sort of like that. If we come, think about it. If we come, he's ahead of us, leading us. If we enter, he's there waiting, awaiting us, or even better, accompanying us. Bo is used in the, biblically for the setting of the sun, Exodus 22:26, Joshua 10, 27, 2 Chronicles 18, 34. If the sun sets, it's only leaving us, think about it, temporarily, because it's going to return tomorrow, and we'll see it again, Right? The pleasures of the flesh may be satisfyingly sweet or satisfyingly sinful. Either way, good or bad. They can be delightful or corrupt. Sex, food, wealth, education, military strength or combat, sports, world travel. Each can be holy or they can be profane, depending upon the context and the source. Whether it's that... that that uh, pleasure is submitted to the Lord and his authority, or whether it's not, whether it's independent of his authority. That was the sin in the Garden of Eden, by the way, was independence from God. But pleasures of the flesh, pleasures, earthly pleasures, don't last. They're temporary. They will pass away. The pleasures of Shemaim don't compare. They're so, they so far supersede, surpass the pleasures of physical gratification, and they will never pass away. I was reading, we were looking for Purim supplies in an Orthodox, there's so, so, some great orth, you know, Orthodox, some Judaica stores where we were visiting, and, and I found a, saw a book and took some pictures in the book. Yeah, you can do that. You know, take little pictures of the books instead of buying. And <laughs> actually, Richard, Richard Wormbrand, Pastor Richard Wormbrand showed me that. But anyway, I took some pictures, of, and, I, and I'm glad I did because I looked at it close, more closely later. It was a children's book, and it was called Hashem Took Him to Shemaim. Uh, and it was about Grandpa. It was about the Lord taking Grandpa to heaven. It said this, Grandpa's work in this world is done. Adonai decided that it was time to call Grandpa to, up, up, to Hash, up to Shemaim so that he can be there with Adonai forever. Of course we are sad. We loved him so much, and now that he's not with us, we miss him. But it's important for us, for you to know that Grandpa is not, not sad at all. He is in a very good place now, and he is ever so happy to be there. I thought that was, wow, great to see in an Orthodox publication. Now, we know to get to heaven, it takes Yeshua. We believe it's, you have to be, you know, he is the way, the truth, and the life. But there's the hope there, because so many times there's no hope. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 
In your presence, Psalm 1611, is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Revelation 14.13 says, of those who die in the Lord, their deeds do follow them. So, bow, this word bow is used in the scriptures, in the, in the Tanakh, for announcements of both judgment and promise. Let me give you a few examples. In Isaiah 40, verses 9 through 11, it says, Adonai comes as a mighty warrior, and he judges the nations who persecuted Israel, who he fights for throughout history. In chapter 30, verse 27, he comes to dwell in Jerusalem. He's going to dwell in Jerusalem. It's sad that so when many Christians don't even realize that to think Jerusalem has no significance at all because they've been brainwashed or you know, deprived of the true meaning of the biblical text because of through, through replacement theology, and they don't realize that what the Bible says it means, that it's still literal, that not, it hasn't, it's not replaced by the church. And, uh, you know, apply, yes. Zechariah 2.10, he's going to dwell in Jerusalem. Whereas Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus comes on a donkey in his first, his first time coming, Zechariah 9.9, his return is conditioned upon the Jewish people, our people calling upon him to return and crying what? What are we going to cry? Amen. Baruch Habab Hashem I. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23.39 Quoting, when Yeshua said that, Psalm 118.26. I'm not coming. He will, you'll not see me again until you say that. So this is, our Jewish people have to call upon him before he'll, there's going to be revival before Messiah Yeshua returns. Psalm 86, verse 9, all nations which you have made. I, what a great verse. All nations which you have made, God made the nations, will come and bow down. Bo. They'll come and bow down before you, my master. They will give honor to your name. So Moses, God tells Moses, come, let's go to Pharaoh. In 10 verse 1 of Exodus. To a task that's going to require courage and capability beyond your own. Come with me, E.T., into the unknown, as Song of Songs says. Come, follow after me, Yeshua said, and I'll make you what? Fishers of men. I'll make you into fishers of people, of human beings. It's going to take me to teach you. You can't do it in your own power, but I'm, that's what I'm, going, I'm going to equip you to do it. I'm going to enable you. First use, the first use of this word, bow, is in Genesis 7.1. God said to Noah, bow, you and all your household, into where? Come into the ark, right? The ark. Come into the ark. Enter the ark, God said. So come, come with me into this ark that God had prepared. Now come, now it says in Isaiah 118, the word lechu from chalach is used, not bo here, but it's the same idea of coming. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, Isaiah 118. Or come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters and drink, Isaiah 55, verse 1. Uh, verse one. Come to me, Yeshua said, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what? Rest, beautiful. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Yeshua said that we will one day enter, the servants will enter into the joy. This is the idea of coming into the joy of your Lord, Matthew 25, 23. Uh, God spoke of Joseph. He said, until the time his word came to pass, 
the word of the Lord tried him. It will come to pass, the word in, in Psalm 105.19. The word will, uh, until, ad et bo devaro, until the time his word came to pass. Uh, and it, here's a great verse, Joshua 23.14. Not one word of all the good words which Adonai your God spoke concerning you has failed to happen. All have come to pass for you. Not one word has failed. Not one word has failed. We may think it has failed. We may say, well, it hasn't happened, but it hasn't happened yet. It will happen. It hasn't failed. We may feel it's failed. We don't understand it. Remember the verse I shared with you uh, before. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, Hebrews eleven thirty nine. It says these all didn't receive the promise, but God preparing something better for them. They didn't receive. How many people? They didn't receive. The all, many were heroes of faith. The heroes of faith chapter, they were, here, they, through their, they, they, they were delivered through the promise. Others didn't receive it. So they may be, but God providing something better for them. It seemed like, uh, it, they, like it didn't come to pass, but it did in a different way. He who sows in tears will reap in joy. He who sows forth, goes forth bearing seed will certainly come, bow, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. He'll bring his sheep. And finally, in Joel 2.31 and Malachi 4.5, the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, of day of Adonai. The coming of the great and awesome day of the Bo Yom Adonai Hagadol Vehanorah. The great and awesome day of Adonai. It's going to come. It's going to come Bo, Bo. Now, in this chapter... In this chapter, we remember we have how many plagues in Exodus? Ten plagues, right? Ten plagues in Exodus. The ten plagues, seven were in last week's parasha, verses six, uh, chapter six through nine. Three in this week's, chapters ten through twelve. And the Bible nowhere states the number, but as I mentioned last week, they're woven into three triads, each with a consistent pattern followed by the capstone 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. Now, a, a, a pastor was once delivering a very rousing sermon about sin and hell, and he was shouting and screaming, and, and he says, One thing is certain, he said. He thundered, Every man, woman, and child in this assembly will, one die, will die one day. And he said, There's no escape. And a boy in the front row began giggling, I said, he said, every person in this assembly will die, he kept saying. He said it again. And the boy continued to laugh. And so upset, the pastor challenged him. And he said, why are you laughing? And the boy said, I'm not from this assembly. (laughs) Psalm 91 verse 10 says that no evil will befall you. No evil will befall you, neither plague, shall any plague come near your dwelling. So God spares from plagues, but does he spare from all plagues, all judgments and tragedies and national disasters? Well, we experience some of the judgments because we're in this world even though we're not of it. And while we're not fully exempt, it's very different for us. 1 Corinthians 11.32 is a good verse about that. It says, when we are judged, we are, not, we are being disciplined by the Lord so that we might not be condemned along with the world. 
The first three plagues, the Nile turned to blood, the frogs and the gnats, may have affected everyone, including the children of Israel. But definitely none of the rest of the plagues affected the children of Israel. In chapters 8, 9, 8 and 11, God said, I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people are dwelling so that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the earth, and I will make a distinction between my people and your people, so that you may know that Adonai makes a distinction between the Egyptians and Israel. So Yeshua said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have shalom. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have pressure. Plipsis in the Greek means pressure, stress. But be of good cheer, be of confidence, I have overcome the world. So we do have experienced things, but not in the same way the world has. We don't have to experience the same way. Now, there's a clear divine purpose in any suffering that we experience. Isaiah 48.10, God says, Behold, I have refined you. I tested you in the furnace. Behor furnace of affliction. I think it's fascinating, the same and, in, and for, for a purpose, the same four letters in the word furnace, bechor, and I, didn't, I don't think I have a slide on it, but the same four letters, bechor, are, are in the word for blessed or baruch, exact same letters. I don't have a slide for it. No, I didn't think it gave a slide. Baruch. Blessed is the furnace, we could say. Turn it up hotter, and my blessing will only increase. That's what they did with the three guys in the furnace, remember? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. They all, it only, they only, turn it up hotter, the blessing only increases. Pharaoh made four proposals and these were appeals of compromise. They're in chapters 8 and 10. And finally, they won. God won in, in uh, Moses 1 in chapter 12. And they got with the 10th plague. Let's look at them. Let's look at these attempts. And, and the, they apply because they're attempts to get us to go only so far the enemy wants us to go so far in following Yeshua. It's like a uh, microwave. Yeah, there they are. A microwave salvation versus an oven-baked one, if you want to. So I'm trying to think of an analogy. Or instant coffee versus fresh-brewed roasted beans, right? How does the enemy try to get you or I to compromise? Chapter 8, verse 21, he said, stay in the land. Moses comes, let my people go. He said, go. He said, but stay in the land. Sacrifice your God, but in the land. Do it in the land. Then the second one is 824. He said, go. He says, okay, you can go. But he says, but just don't go very far away. Rock, only, only. Just don't go far away. And then the third one, uh, he says, is in verse chapter 10, verse 8. He says, specify who are going. He says, no children allowed. No children allowed to go. The children are allowed to go. Let me see. 10 verse 8. Here he says, Moses and Aaron were brought to Pharaoh. He says, go serve Adonai your God. He said, but who will be going? Who will be going? Moses said, we will go. 
Look at this chutzpah. We will go with our young and our elderly, our sons and our daughters. We will go with our flocks and our herds, and we must, for we must have Adonai's feasts for him. And so he's trying to get him to compromise his, but, but he said to them, so may Adonai be with you, but if you ever do let you go with your little ones, see clearly now evil's in your face. So just leave your, in other words, leave the children. Leave the children, and where your treasure is, there will your heart be. If you leave the children, your hearts will not be there. So he says, then the fourth one, leave your flocks and your herds there, is in chapter 10, verse 24. Pharaoh called Moses and said, go serve Adonai, only let your flocks, all your, your belongings, you know, your, 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 your uh, income, only let your flocks and your herds remain your little ones may also go. So your children go, but your income, your, your livelihood, leave that here. And then with the 10th plague, we know what happened. Look, in 12, all the way down next week, 12, or this, no, it's this week's, 12, 31, and 32, he said, after the 10th, the death of the firstborn, then Moses called uh, to the elders. Oops, oh, sorry, it's 12, 31. I'm in the wrong verse. Uh, 31, 32. Rise, he said, Moses and Aaron at night. So he called for Moses and called for Moses and Aaron at night and he said, Rise up, go out from my people, both you and the children of Israel. Go, go serve Adonai as you have said. As you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you said. So all, he, everything, 100%, and be gone, but bless me too. <laughs> bless me too. Oh, sure, Pharaoh. Moses was being tempted to accept a premature offer. He could have been tempted to say, you know, I think we're getting close to a deal here. You know, maybe we'll just accept this premature offer. And how does the enemy try to get you to compromise? How does the enemy try to get you to compromise? They're not, compromi not going to compromise, and God's going to protect um, maybe uh, some t I was thinking sometimes you might be tempted to marry someone who isn't sold out to Yeshua um, because you just can't find anyone else, right? I mean, look, I, I think I saw a statistic that 30% of women in a certain age are not married, you know. I don't know if they, maybe they don't want to get married. It might be better, I know, you know. <laughs> so, it's not, so marriage isn't the answer to everything, right? So, but listen, it's, it's, a, it's a condition, it's a, it's a concern, because I think it used to be, uh, you know, 10 years ago or 20, 15 years ago, it was 20%, now it's 30%. But you might, as a believer, as a child of God, we know what the Scripture says. Don't be, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked, you know? And it's so true. Listen, you're, you, you married the wrong person. You're, going to, you're, you're no longer two, you're one. But don't settle for the wrong person just because you, you say the right person. There's no one out there. I guess I'm stuck. Or you take a job, maybe. Uh, you take a job that compromises your values and principles because you, and instead of waiting for the right job and trusting God for the right thing that has the right, uh, where, you, where you're not compromising your principles. Don't, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Follow the Lord. Trust the Lord and do obey the Lord, you know. What if Moses had taken a deal? What if Moses had just compromised and taken a deal? Pharaoh said, okay, Pharaoh, this is too much. I'm too much tourist. I'm so tired of this. It's too much drought. I'm going to, all right, I'll give in. I'll cave in. No, he didn't. Thank God he held out, held his ground. Hold your ground. 
Hold your ground. What if Yeshua had taken a deal when the devil kept coming to him with his temptations and saying, saying, oh, you know, give it here, turn this, turn the stone into bread. And Yeshua, the four temptations, Matthew 4, Luke chapter 4, the temptations, all that he, he, thank God he didn't, Yeshua didn't, so he could deliver us. He could be a, a, a faithful and high priest to deliver us. Don't accept a premature deal. Wait out the sale until you receive your price, so to speak. It's non-negotiable. The devil wants you to give in prematurely, accept his offer of compromise. Wear you down until you accept a lower salary than you're worth. Hold your ground. Yeshua, in his initial temptation, he said, Be gone, Satan, finally. Uh, message, message Bible says, Beat it, Satan. Get out of here, Matthew 4.10. Moses says the same thing to Pharaoh in 10.29. He says basically to Pharaoh, get out of my face. In 10.29, how is it translated here? Uh, oh, yeah. Adonai hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he says, so Pharaoh said to him, go, uh, go away from me. Take, take heed never to see my face again because on the, the day you do, you will die. Right, Moses said. You said it. <laughs> May I never see your face again. Basically, that's what he's saying. He says, yeah, I I don't want to see your face anymore. So thank God we don't have to compromise because we have a God who who will honor our steadfastness, right? Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises, Hebrews 6, 15. Father, we just thank you so much today for your word. We thank you that you call us to come, to enter with you into a task that's beyond us, but you go, E.T., you say, come with me. Tell us to come with you. And we thank you, Father, that your word is true and you are faithful and, and true to everything you've said. We bless you today and we praise you. If you've never trusted Yeshua and come to know him, you can say a prayer right now. Salvation was a great cost to him great cost to him, but it's free. It's a gift of God. It's free to us. And if you're lonely, if you're suffering, you're you're experiencing, you feel like no one understands, he does. Call on him now. Call on him now. He's paid for your sins. Don't don't dance around it. Don't say, I haven't. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, I'm not. We've all blown it. We've messed up. We've messed up and it may be, it doesn't matter how badly, it doesn't matter how badly. It could, be the, it could be worse than anyone else in the room. God loves you. He loves you. And he, he became that sin for you. He became it on the, on the tree, on the execution stake, on the cross. He died for you. Say, Yeshua, I'm coming to you. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me new. I'm coming to you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you need prayer, there'll be uh, some great prayer people, prayer warriors up here. If you're watching online, please write us. We'll write you back, connect with you. If you prayed to receive Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah today, let's just close in the benediction. Yesa Adonai Penavelecha, Yesem Lecha Shalom. Beshem Yeshua Hamashiach, 
Tsar HaShalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of Shalom. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.